My name is Richard Villegas. And I'm Beverly Bryant. And today we are bringing you, uh, you know, a, a new, different little format, uh, a little experiment um, that, that we've been challenged uh, to do. Uh, we're doing the, uh, the ABCs of Latin Indie. Um, so at the moment, we are listening to um, Carolina Camacho. The song is Tingo. Uh, and when we come back, we are going to explain the rules of the game for you. Fuerte. 
and we're back. And so, yeah, we just listened to uh, Tingo. This is by Car Carolina Camacho. Um, and this track is, uh, is really special. It was definitely one of my favorite tracks of 2018 um, because Tingo, it, it, this is a reference to Mama Tingo, who was a, um, a, an Afro-Dominican activist, a lands rights activist, a women's rights activist uh, in, in Dominican Republic. And she was murdered in the 1970s uh, while protecting her land. And so this, this particular song, um, is sort of Carolina Camacho doing like a like a bit of a battle hymn, honestly, um, about like women's rights. It's about it's very much about sort of like patriarchy and about like these sort of like systems that that bind us. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was again, it, it appeared in Remezclas and the Veer lists and stuff. Like it, it was a really really special special song. It was the only song that she put out. Um, this this year, and I, I, I selected this track uh, for us to open with because um, Carolina Camacho is an Afro-Latina artist, and because we're doing the ABCs of Latin indie, I figured this would Afro or Afro-Latinexes, Afro, the influence of Africa in, in Latinx music uh, is something that was definitely a, a good, you know, sort of starting point for this show. Um, yeah, and so we're doing the ABCs of Latin Indie today, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I, Bev, I don't know if you ha have you seen these ABCs of blah 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 popping up because it, it was like a podcasting no, for a minute. I haven't. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm totally down for this project, and I think that uh, you picked a really great A to start with hmm. because um, if you talk to any. Um, if you talk to like any um, Latin indie artist of, of any kind, they are going to um, go on a long rant about how incredibly important um, like African music is to them, to their music um, from Algodona Hipsio or um, to Chicano Batman. Yeah, absolutely. To um, Lagartijando, uh, the, the yeah, ZZK Combo people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's no one who will not talk about like the the significance of um you know Afro Latino music, um, Afro Caribbean music, African music in general, you know, in uh, Latin music, uh, Latinx culture and therefore, you know, the scene, because so much of the music and what makes it cool is that it draws on, um, you know, the influences of Latin American music mm -hmm. and then, you know, makes something kind of new and different. Yeah, no, totally. And, and, and it's something that's gained so much vis visibility over the last, like, two or three years, like, in, in, in media specifically. I mean, I think... Um, sort of, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, this sort of sc scandal, I guess, with, with um, Amara La Negra and basically having her identity, you know, repeatedly questioned on television, by media, on social media, um, you know, it really was like a major catalyst for this conversation that we've been having, which is really wonderful. Um, and now that you have, uh, like, that, spy that new Spider-Man movie, I mean, Miles Morales is an Afro-Latino kid from Brooklyn, and he's fucking Spider-Man. And, like, again, and, and, and I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's, like, it's a fabulous movie because, like, you know, he speaks in Spanish to his mom. He does not, you know, it's not translated. It's just, like, you know, it's just what it is, you know? It's, it, there's no subtitles for it. It's just, like, it's just, it, it is such a real 
real portrayal of you know Afro Latino identity, and it's so so special. Um, so yeah, I mean. Again, we're doing the ABCs of Latin Indie. This is a, a, a thing a lot of podcasts have been doing. Um, uh, uh, Latinos Who Lunch did sort of the ABCs of Latinidad. Um, we were challenged to do this by our friends over at the Shade Parade who did, uh, I think it was the ABCs of Shade, uh, which is a very funny episode. I highly recommend it. Go check them out. Um, and obviously, make sure you check out our episode with them. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're going to kind of break down the ABCs of Latin Indie. Obviously, this is a huge uh, topic. So, you know, like we may not touch on every single uh, minutia of it all, but I think we've, I think we've done a, a, a pretty good job at assembling a, a list of topics that I think are relevant and, and fun. And obviously, there will be music. So let's move on. Let's, let's, let's keep the ball rolling. Um, so we've got B for Beverly. Ow, my favorite, the B in apartment 23. Um, yep. <laughs> um, no, we got Bomba Stereo. Um, and you were really hyped about bringing in Bomba Stereo, yeah? Yes, because like, okay, the ABCs of anything, the whole idea is it, it's all about basics and building blocks. And talk about um, Afro-Caribbean influences True, on yeah. Latin indie. You you know, I, if we if like A is a perfect place to start, then with with like Afro Latino, then uh, Bomba Estereo is B is is also perfect because um, you know I think Bomba Estereo was one of like the most globally um, recognized artists, um, one of the first artists really um, making something that you you could you could call indie yeah because it's hard to define indie but um you know i feel like the latin indie uh sort of scene is what came after latin alternative rock and espanol and indie globally has been music that is it's it's artists just doing whatever they want yeah. and coming up with something um like crazy and new and it could be anything and it could be about anything and that's what made it exciting and bomba stereos like electronic um you know afro uh colombian yeah. cumbia is you know um that's that's also like psychedelic and really danceable is just you know they're giants, yeah. um, and you know most um, so many people. You know if they you know in any part of Latin America or Spain or the U.S. You know if you ask them about like bands that sing in their language that they like, a lot of times the first one they're going to name is Bomba Stereo. Like I mean they've had a huge couple of years, yeah. You can't just. Or, like, even, you know, ever since Fuego, yeah. you know? Like, that was the shot heard around the world. Like, you can't um, you can't overvalue their, their contribution and how much they inspired so many other artists to do something similar, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's... Or it's... completely different, just making them be like, yeah, we could do this, anything, you know? It's like the band, bands like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's no secret. I've said it on the show that I'm kind of like over Bomba Stereo at the moment. I, I feel like they need a break. I feel like they've sort of like lost their way a bit. And, you know, 
I mean, in favor of money, and I totally understand and respect that, TBH. But, um, I mean, there is no underplaying sort of just how groundbreaking they are. I mean, Latin, Latin music, Latin American music tends to be quite conservative, you know, like traditional music is still the top, like traditional regional music is still the top, it's always gonna be the top thing in any country. And um, I mean, Bomba Stereo have been really good at sort of demystifying a bit of that. Like, you know, they brought in the champeta and the cumbia and then the electronic influences and the hip hop influences. And yeah, I mean, and not only is their, the, the, the quality of their work extraordinarily high, you know, they've, again, the, the impact that they've had in sort of normalizing, you know, this musical adventurousness uh, on, a, on a mainstream level, uh, at least for Latin America, is, is awesome. It's really, really special. So, yeah. yeah. They're, they're foundational and they're like, yeah. um, I don't know, like a big <laughs> bang of yeah. Latin indie to me. Um, so are we going to listen to Fuego? Well, no, it's not on the playlist. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay, right. Ah, man. But I want to listen to Fuego. Well, you can go to their Spotify and listen to Fuego, which is their first hit. It's off uh, Estalla, which is a fabulous album. Uh, but we're actually going to keep it rolling. Uh, we're going to we move got... on to the next most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Club I mean, Phonogramma. And no that, Latin it... indie without Club Phonogramma. Talk about foundational. I mean, Club Phonogramma is it, man. Like, I mean... I, I think Remezcla might have started before Club Phonogramma, but it was a very different animal from what it is today. And like Club Phonogramma really was about like high curation and like really, really nitty gritty sort of like, you know, people that were like nobodies, like, you know, just sort of being highlighted. It's just, this was, this was the but then, true but Latin then turning Indian them into somebodies. Like oh, totally. Rui Doson, I think, owes everything to them. Yes. I mean, Tony um, Gallardo did, like, the theme song to their podcast. <laughs> like, um, he was, like, anything Maria y Jose or, or Tony Gallardo those put out was always on there. But, like, I, I discovered so much music uh, thanks to Club Phonogramma. I mean, again, yeah, I've, when, I've... When I worked at MTV Iggy and didn't know anything about this stuff, I checked Club Phonogramma every day. Wow. That's yes. awesome. Obsessed. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, and again, the writing was always very high quality. I've, I, I'm very lucky to count uh, Giovanni Guillen as a, as a very good friend these days, um, who was a, a writer, and then he you know, was also an editor um, for, for a time. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've met many, many of the people from Club Phonogramma, uh, Soad, uh, Ruben Torres, like a lot, a lot of people who've you know, written on there. Um, Indeed, and then, and then, you know, for like anyone who's not familiar, people called it the Latin pitchfork, and okay. that is that is that is what it's been called many times, and I think that that's appropriate in lots and lots of ways. For one yeah. thing, because it's been so significantly taste making. Yes, I know. Maybe you don't like pitchfork. Lots <laughs> of us don't for lots of reasons, but in terms of like you know influence, actually like supporting artists and like you know getting them heard like it's it's influence has been comparable yeah no i mean club phonogramma and and again it it kind of um i mean it's it's 
essentially dead at this point. But um, what, what I would uh, encourage you all is just, you know, the website is dead. However, um, uh, the team of, of writers actually kind of pulled their resources together um, and they rescued most of the archives um, and put them on a new website called oldphonograma.com. Um, so again, if you want to go and find like treasure troves of just like, again, artists, many artists that are still very underground, um, I highly recommend uh, that you do it. And again, like we did an episode uh, with Giovanni Guillen and Pablo Acuna of Dance to the Radio, um, where Giovanni also con contributes. And again, we, we actually kind of went into uh, we, we went into it at length of uh, a little bit of, of sort of the, the fall of, of Phonograma. Um, but again, you know, at the end of the day, still a beloved uh, entity of the scene and, and, you know, tremendous impact. Definitely um, go check that out, people. I did not know that um, the archives had been saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll even link to it in the show notes uh, so that you guys Brilliant. can, like, find it. Hey. So this um, is great. This is, like, moving right along. Like, basically, if you are listening to this and you don't know anything about Latin indie, um, you or you don't think Latin indie, or, like, you listen to all these bands, but you don't think Latin indie is a thing, and you wonder, like, why the hell we think it's a thing, you're getting the the total primer on this. Yeah, I, I I was a little iffy at first about this idea because like I was like, ugh, it's like it's it's a fad and everybody's doing it. And I'm like, ugh, I, and then I was thinking of like this is an opportunity for us to touch on, because like we mostly focus on new releases and stuff like that. So this is an opportunity to, uh, for us to touch on history, a little bit on like the scene itself, like actually sort of give a, a, a wide overview of things and you know, really sort of like present our listeners with opportunities to like, oh, I really like this idea. Let me dive deeper into this. And um, we yeah, would like love- I've always, I've always like the, I feel like um, our definition or our canon is something that like we discuss amongst ourselves. Sure, yeah. And this give, this gives, but not necessarily unpack on the show. And this this gives us an opportunity to do that. Like I've always wanted to do like um, a list of like the fifty or one hundred most significant Latin indie albums of all time. Oh my god, that would be um, amazing. Even though lat like for like Rolling Stone or something, not mm -hmm. that they'd let me, um, and oh, not that they should let. Not that Nowadays they should they let me either, frankly. Uh, I don't true. know. Um, but but I, I still want to do it. That's the point. <laughs> um, anyway, so the next most important thing. This is going so perfectly. Because, like, Ooh. really, going in order, I think the next most important thing after that is D is for digital cumbia. Yes, ma'am. We had a hard time picking one. But, um, you know, just one thing for D, because there's Davila Seis, which is what got me into listening to... Um, a lot of like the new artists. I was familiar with rock and espanol. Yeah. But yeah, when yeah. I heard like uh Dabila Se Se Seis, that opened up like the whole world of like current music. Did you um, hear they're making a comeback? Uh I've been I've been hearing about them playing some shows. There's an EP uh, coming, I believe, in the spring. Oh yeah, I heard that too. Okay, yes, and I am pumped about that. Yes. And I because, think like, there's a US tour if I'm not mistaken. So look out for that situation. I'm I'm like mad I'm not gonna see them if they unless they so, come to Mexico. Um I forgot about that in the moment, but I'm glad we brought up uh W Um we were thinking uh De Efe, Distrito Federal. Yeah. Um Perhaps because, you know, Mexico City's been so significant in this scene, so many of the artists live there. Richard's there right now as we Ow. speak. Um, we were thinking um, Denver, 
Um, dengue, dengue, dengue. There's something you could do for D's, but digital cumbia. That's, you know, like that's um, like a subgenre of um, both cumbia and indie music and electronic music that is just like, everything we're doing right now really takes me back because like, um, you know, when I started working at MTV Iggy, I did not know what cumbia was, let alone digital cumbia. And then, you know, I, I heard stuff like from like ZZK records and my mind was blown and yeah. I was obsessed because it's just, it was the dopest thing I'd heard since like MIA. Yeah. You know, and fr- MIA the- got me ready to hear stuff like this. And then I was like, that's a good this, point. This play more of that. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I heard uh, Digital Cumbia was on Alt Latino, um, which I haven't listened to in, in, a, in a while. But, um, yeah, like, I remember it was, it was truly mind-blowing. I was like, I've heard Cumbia before, and I like electronic music. I didn't know these, these two paired so well. You know, just like, I mean... It's I, like I, peanut I, butter and chocolate. It's so fucking good. And yeah, I mean, and actually, I'm really excited that you brought in, because uh, we're going to, um, f- for the listeners at home, we're going to be um, interspersing uh, songs that fit in with the themes. And uh, up next, we're going to listen to a song by El Dusty, uh, which is Cumbia Anthem. And it's, it's the quintessential digital cumbia uh, moment and you know like I'm, I'm actually really uh, excited that you didn't go for a ZZK track here because it was like yeah it, it it's it's the non-obvious choice it's like it, it's more there's more digital cumbia than just ZZK um, oh yeah tons of it like I think the first thing I'd heard that would be technically you could technically call digital cumbia was um, Bomba Stereo okay yeah that's a good point yeah um, you know, and there's so many artists like Sistema Solar that like, who like, you know, was another one that I thought we could have done for the S's. Like there's a yeah. lot of OGs and then there's like just countless people like, um, doing it outside of it in like various pure permutations. But like El Dusty is a great example. And like Cumbia Anthem was such the jam. And I think, um, you know, I don't know. It's cool. Like, uh, last year I wrote a story about cumbia in the united states and so that um i think it's cool to highlight that like yeah. cumbia music has become a part of the u.s as well and uh before we play the track let's also highlight e which was for el dusty uh, that's right <laughs> so like Fun these fact, two, did these... you know that his real name is dustin and dusty is his actual nickname wow and... i didn't know that that's awesome yep. so <laughs> that's that's your fun fact for today. And El Dusty, of course, from Corpus Christi, Texas. Shout out to the Texas fam. Um, I've, I've been looking at our numbers, and that's honestly, like, it's one of our uh, biggest listenerships is in Texas. I mean, Austin, Dallas, uh, even San Antonio. I'm like, I'm, I'm shocked, but I loves me some Texas people. I'm a, I'm a damn Yankee, but I loves me some Texas. I could, see, I could see myself living in Texas. Like, I love going to Texas. Every time I've been to Texas, I have a great time. So same, same. shout out to... I want to go back to South by South. Southwest. I want Oof. to someday I want to go like there's just so much like Texas is just such an amazing um, music state. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's Austin, of course. And then, um, you know, Buddy Holly's from there. Oh, I see that. Elliot Smith. Of course, Selena. Hey, shout out to La Reina. Um... And, uh, so, you know, Someday I want to go to the town Buddy Holly was born in that's in, in Texas. I can't remember the name of it right now, but there's that. 
That's cool. Yeah, I mean, and and oh, again, Beyonce's of course, from Houston. Hey, the and list shout goes out on. to shout out anyway. to like our podcasting primexes uh, at the uh, Colores Radio and Cabronas y Chingonas, um, who've been incredibly supportive. Uh, at least like 2018, like was the year that like I got to meet all these podcasting folks, and you know, I'm so excited to like you know count y'all in the in the podcasting family. I'm like so excited to. To, to know everybody, um, so let's uh, let's keep it rolling. We're gonna play the uh, d- uh, uh, cumbia anthem by El Dusty, uh, and when we come back, we'll uh, kick things off back with uh, F. Um, stay tuned. Go.
So yeah, so we're back from uh, Cumbia Anthem. Uh, again, love this song. Uh, fun fact, this is the theme song to Decolores Radio. Uh, this is their intro. So um, Cause it's yeah. An, it's what? An anthem. Boom. And because like everything just ties into each other. Hey. Um, so let's keep it moving with F. Um, and I actually, I was like, festivals, obviously. Like, I was just like, oh. We met at a festival. We did meet at a festival. Hey. We yeah, met we, in Normal. Yeah, that's we met at Festival so that, Normal in Mexico City, which is strange because we both were music fans in New York. We probably went to a ton of shows. that We were probably at the same shows a bunch of times and just never met, you know? It's true. But then also, it's because I don't talk to people. So, you know. I, I do. Um, uh, yeah, I remember like your intermediary, your intermediary had to like introduce you. <laughs> like, My friend. <laughs> like, cause I was like, I was in this whole like outfit and, you know, face paint and this whole well, thing. Well, he didn't introduce us. He just made me talk to you. Well, I also think like, he, cause he was kind of your translator, no? Like, well, he, like we were just like, I met him at the, okay. This is the hundredth time I've told you this story. <laughs> I met him front row at Porter, and I interviewed him about um, the about Porter as like a Porter fan. Mm-hmm. And then we just ended up hanging out for the whole festival. Shout out to Julio in Mexico City. You should Shout look him up. He's awesome. Shout out to Julio. And of course, you know, like obviously Festival Normal is not the only... Um, awesome festival, even though, in my opinion, it's definitely my favorite festival out there. I'm going to the 10-year anniversary this year. I wanted to try and interview Monica Saldana before that, but it didn't really work out, so I'm just going to wait till after. Um, but I, I admire Moni, like, tremendously. But, of course, there's, like, Festival Marvin, there's Ruido Fest, LAMC, um, all the Lollapaloozas all over Latin, uh, South America, I Elevation. Mean, yeah. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, What's fuck. the name of the psych fest in Colombia? Oh, that, uh, I don't know. Levit, Le- no, Levitation is in is in yeah. Texas. So I think it's I think it's Elevation. No, it's something about um There's hypnosis satellite. in Mexico. Yeah, okay. So there's just tons and tons of... Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the ones in the, U- in the, the U.S. that we love. Of course. LAMC is turning 20 years old. And I might be there for LAMC listeners. If y'all want to meet up, if y'all want to hang out, hi. That would be um, exciting. Yeah, I. That's what I'm trying to make my my final move to Chile. So I think I might be in New York in in July and just have it coincide with LAMC and just ship my boxes and then go see you shows. <laughs> oh, we didn't shout out Ruido Fest. Oh, I did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, of course. Uh, uh, what's his name? Me Sebastian is in is in Chicago right now, and I was like, "Hey, talk to the Ruido Fest people." <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, festivals again. It's just I, you know, I often talk about like live music and like how much I love it and how much I love festivals and about going to support, you know, like independent artists and all that jazz. But again, festivals are a great place and and to to discover new stuff. I I'm I hate it. It drives me nuts when people are like, I don't know, I just showed up at like eight PM, whatever, I just catched the headliners. It's just like they're festivals, I've discovered so much t- incredible talent by showing up on time and early to festivals. Um so And it's I, a good deal. Yeah, really. Like, I paid my money. I'm going to try to get as much as I fucking can for it, you know? Well, you know, a lot of people don't go to festivals for the music, exactly. Yeah. They it's go the, for the experience. Sense. Oh, God. 
or whatever. I, um, oh, and I guess shout out Coachella with this uh, with this new lineup. Um, heck yeah! Shout out to uh, and I mean you know Coachella like well at least there's been a lot of people bemoaning the fact that J Balvin still hadn't been booked so it's awesome to see him on that lineup really cool to see Bad Bunny on that lineup and Hooray for the Riff Raff but also like smaller artists or like Javier Amena Tomas El Real Las Robertas do they have do they have Rosalia on there. Uh, yes, yes, they do. See? And that's the thing. It's because every one of these artists was, like, a story. They're not, like, being balanced. Yeah. Like, Coachella just books every artist that matters, and half the artists that matter right now happen to be Latinx. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I mean, Coachella, uh, what's her name? Rosalia is not Latinx. She is Spanish. Oh, right. This is but... true. Important <laughs> but... member. But, yes, I mean, it, it. but she's very much a part of this movement, and, you know, it's great it's and it's great to see that reflected i oh and los, los tucanes de tijuana shout out that's He's a, hispanic uh, yes i suppose <laughs> um but uh what do you call it yeah i'm just it, it looks fun and i mean i i'm kind of into the headliners like i, I like that they're different headliners i would totally go this year what if we both went can someone just fly us out there to cover it come I on would we make a great go. team I would, I would, I would Come really. Come on, it would be uh, so if fun somebody if I was flew there. Me, if somebody flew me out and I had a free pass, fine. But like, I mean, yeah, that's the only way I'm going. Because, but because, just like, it, I it, again, it, it Coachella suffers from a thing that I see too con, con, constantly, which is great talent, shitty audiences, and I have no desire to be around Coachella people. Uh, I mean, I assume it's like that, but we've actually never been there. Humans but, of Coachella, I'm allergic to. Um, okay, so I just want to go one, one time and see what it's like. But I don't know. Let's Expensive. talk about things that make us happy. Like, why are festivals important? Well, I mean, again, I think it's... In Latin it's a, it's, I think it's, a, again, it's a, it's a great platform. Um, I mean, well, in, 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 again, as I, as I said earlier, uh, Latin America tends to be very conservative with its music tastes. Um, and so a lot of underground artists often go uh, overlooked or completely omitted. Um, and uh, festivals, again, Latin indie festivals tend to be really, you know, um, on top of their curation. And so this is a really great opportunity to sort of like, you know, um, bring a lot of these very, very underground, very obscure artists to the foreground. Um, I think Norm Normal has been, ex like, extremely important in that. Like, I mean, I, I would Still say... obsessed. Oh, yes. I would say as instrumental as Club Phonograma in terms of, like, exposing sort of, like, really, really underrated, obscure artists to, to wider audiences. Um, and, I, and, a lot of, and a lot of festivals have taken note of that. Ceremonia's, um, Ceremonia's lineup this year is really interesting. Um, it's a little DJ heavy for my taste, but, like, for example, like, they have, like, a lot of, like, again, underground Mexican artists like Debit, um, uh, Aquí hay, Aquí hay, La Plevada, uh, which is a little on the funny side. But they've also brought in Rosalia. They've brought in uh, Massive Attack, Aphex Twin, Pablo Vitar. That's the, I saw Pablo oh, Vitar on man. the lineup, and I was like, well, I I'm taking that ticket. I want to be at that. Serpent with Feet is playing. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Because yeah. you, you know I'm in love. You yes, know I'm in I do. love with him. Yes. Um, um, so it's going to be mom and dad, both there, Pablo Vitar and... Exactly. Um, so yeah. So again, like a lot of a lot of festivals we can are have taking a note. Photo. Oh my god! Imagine. Um, 
Yeah, and again, it's really cool that a lot of festivals have taken note of this. I mean, LAMC always has had like a lot of very underground people just because they don't pay. So like anybody that applies usually gets to play. But like Ruido Fest actually was really cool about that. Like the 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 third year actually had a lineup full of mostly indie musicians, which was really, really cool. It was risky, and I don't think the risk paid off, to be honest. I, I, I went, and it was fabulous. I had a great, great time, but there weren't that many people at that festival. Uh, so I think it cost them in the long run. But these are the risks that festivals, as tastemakers, should be, you know, should be taking. They should be bringing in, you know, obviously the headliners that are going to bring in the crowd. But you also have a, a sort of a curatorial responsibility to, you know, create taste and opportunities um, for new artists and maybe shape the the trends of 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 your audiences. I, you know, like Normal. I think Normal has done a phenomenal job at that. Like Normal reached a 50-50 rate gender ratio. Uh, you know, last year, and now that's an expectation. I, I'm, I, you know, if I go to Normal, you know, this year, and it's like, you know, 70% dudes, I'm gonna be like, Moni, what the hell happened? You know, because like that's I have a, a certain expectation now. That's a that that festivals have a responsibility there. I mean, they're businesses and they're serving an audience, so that's kind of a caliente take. But I, I'm here for it. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I think it's about striking a balance. I do. Th I, again, make your money, but also. You know, I do believe that, like, if you have this platform, you should be using it to push certain things. I, okay. I don't know. That's, That's how I fair. feel. About it. Let's let's move on from the underground to the not so underground. <laughs> for, for, for G, I was very I was very much in favor of having Hepe because he's another seminal, foundational, important Latin indie artist. Yes. Um, people all feel different ways about him, but you can't. Um, you can't undervalue, like, you know, what a cornerstone he is, you know, particularly in the pop scene in Chile. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, uh, so um, my interview with Alex Ambanter this year, uh, well, last year, uh, wasn't great. Um, but you can go and read all about it on Remezcla. Um, but he said something that was really striking to me um, because he said, like, his the, the album that he made, which is Latinoamericana, you know, he said it was very much trying to touch on like matters of like queerness and da 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 da, da you know, but without the, the, the gringo gaze or the first world gaze, like trying to avoid that, not pander to it. And he actually name checked Hepe because who put out an album uh, called Folklore Imaginario. Um, and he was like, and I, and he was like, I was, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised to see that Hepe did the same thing this year. And like, and I, and I and I and that really has sort of stuck with me because that is very true. Hepe, um, you know, if you talk if talking about digital cumbia in a way, it's become a thing that is very much consumed in Europe and in the U.S. And so you do f fall into that um, into that gray area where, like, it, how you know, are you just pandering to white audiences? You know. Uh, which is also something that Lido Pimienta has brought up in the past, where she's mm -hmm. like, you know, like, I, I feel like I mostly perform for white audiences. And again, Hepe is still doing folklore, and he is still pushing the boundaries. He, you know, like, so many of his albums, like, that's really what blew him up, is about taking this fol folklore and electrifying it, again, using hip-hop and stuff like that. But again, it never felt, um, it has never felt like it was made for gringo consumption, if you will. It, it's always felt... Um, and I, I very, very authentic. do listen to Hepe for the most part. Not very many, no. Like, I mean, um, he he toured through the U.S. and didn't really do very well. Um, 
So, but but he's still um, he's still pushing boundaries, still super influential, still yeah. pushing things forward. And to me, um, I love him because he's a, a great songwriter with a tremendous sense of melody. Yes, yes. And I mean, and, and you've seen him perform like he like he'll be doing the drum and like a guitar and then he'll somehow manage to hold a flute in his mouth and play it as he's playing all the instruments. And I'm like, what planet are you from? Like, and make it look cool. <laughs> a lot of people you'd be like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, it, he's a little bit. He reminds me a little bit of Beck in that way. Like he's a basically yes! he's a busker on a huge stage. <laughs> I think that that's a really great comparison. Yeah. Um, so we've got A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Let's... Um, we got to dive into El Lado Negro, of course. Like, I mean... I, it had to be El Lado Negro. Uh, yeah. I mean, and there, there was some, uh, some hot competition here. There was Hello Seahorse, uh, the Holy Drug Couple from Chile as well. Um, we even, you know, had the Happy Fi Collective, uh, who were very instrumental. Um, I believe in Monterrey's indie scene? Or is it uh, all yeah. through Mexico? Super important. But El Lado but... Negro... You know, we can't. He's a moment. He, it was, yeah, no question. Um, and he's got a new album coming out. It, this is How You Smile out March 8th. Very excited. Um, the single Please Won't Please is great. Um, I really hope I get to write about this album in some form. Yeah. I have heard it. It is beautiful. Oh, have and, you? Yes. And he's, I'm, I'm going to preview it by saying uh, this is Elado Negro. At his most honest and yet his most elusive. Hmm. Yeah. And I, as it, usual, it's English and Spanish and pop and indie and personal and political. And he's just tremendously like grown into one of the most incredible artists we have. Yeah, uh, and again, for people who are not familiar with El Lado Negro, he's uh, from uh, he's from Florida of Ecuadorian family uh, descent. Uh, I mean, and he spent a lot of time in Ecuador as well. Um, I mean, he actually used to be on Aqua Team Hunger Force. If uh, if anybody out there has ever watched it, uh, which oh, yeah. I totally is such an obscure that. factoid. Like, I mean, I think he used to like work on the show, and then like yeah, um, and he's done voices for the show as well. Like, not he wasn't a, a cast member or anything, but he's done like voices. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, Actually, and he's I interviewed just, him recently and he told me that. I love that. I love that. Um, that's one of my favorite, favorite things. Um, and then, yeah. And, and again, like his music is beautiful. I mean, his last album, Private Energy, was deaf. Like it's it's something that I still have in rotation. Um, and and I and we've we've talked about this on the show before. Like I'm a late convert to El Lado Negro. I, I used to find them a bit boring. Because his music is so slow and it's so personal and it's so it's immersive and I I'm I'm a very up tempo kind of guy so like it, it took me a while to 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 fall in love with him and um, Private Energy really did that for me and I was like oh okay I'm sold I'm here it was actually it was seeing him live at Ruido Fest that's what it was because his music that was a great show his music is very um, it's very organic but in such a way that it kind of reminds me of sounds of the body. Like his bass lines tend to feel like heartbeats and like his synths feel like bloodstreams, like sort of like just wishing, whirling. And so like it's very sort of this um, like very <laughs> sort of like fetal position kind of music. Like I just kind of like, I just want to curl up in a ball and listen. 
Um, and, and yeah, and, I mean, and, and his recent singles, Please Don't Please, and I think País Nublado recently dropped as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's been, it, it's interesting because he's unafraid of, of unpacking um, all these sort of like social illnesses that we're going through right now. Um, while he does it through a very, very personal, like internalized lens. Yeah. It's very, um, this... it's very uh, gentle. It's very gentle. Like it's, it's very earnest. It's, it's never aggressive. It's not. It's, it's, he's not a calling out kind of person. It's, which is, I think, like you know, the way he does it is very subversive. Yes. So, I don't know. Um, well, I, so... I think this is a good opportunity to uh, shift into some music. We actually have. We're gonna play "Please Won't Please" by Elado Negro. Um, and uh, when we get back, we're going to dive into I, um, which is, uh, is going to be a, a topic all within itself. Um, uh, all right. So we'll be right back. Live town, an ocean on town. Blue tie, an orange won't let go. Oh, oh, oh. 
no bal bazi kop kusta si bal vi kolek satilal bule satulel mume shalakta lola el chaval y son cuña el coche kunuk chamel chakuchin Hajet mi like hincha al botijilo la tai bajinel nati mi hech una tapso que salta kin Muntatik bukala hech bukala el mechuk shabul gun shalikel tiklana bokoluk chakopok que tiklona chakonta bokol Mushana koyelan eche muntal kichostan bokol y tenas kushet ya el eche leo tikno osfi kushli halmutak manel Kupino jujulikel ako mi meon kotex la gem Bates loco hol, bates la voz pichol Ya lo que sabe que ya son bates cap hol No acaba que la bata hol por fag Bo yo ot volatal Ta ju juntik tijil cha comic Ta ju juntik cha mem se cha comic Chan chan islan Chia bate cop boom Muk can you tisa ot Bajo lo chin mucho se can se lo Vita na que la bala Topo la peto la motón Mira hak bot mi bot la copo Tijil cha com Matek mucha tica ba na que bata yon Ni farash ta escucha ashonon Ta escupo ot kuchele bonon Zzzz chita yuta china ba hol So the second track that we heard there is by Centaurus, uh, the Mexican uh, band, um, and the track was, um, I'm, you know, this is in Atzotzil. Um, um, that's what it was. Um, so the the title is Hachvel, uh, um, and this is featuring Slahem Kop, um, who are a uh, a rap duo from Chiapas. Um, and it's really cool because this is a two track. This is from a two track EP, also called Hachvel. 
Um, and and he teamed up uh, Centaurus again, who are very well known for like you know mixing like rock and cumbia and you know all these different sort of like rhythms. Um, and they're a real one of the bigger bands in Mexico City. Um, they teamed up with these with these rappers from Chiapas, and they they were ra they rapped in Sotil, and it's this idea of. Um, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Sotil is kind of dying out. Um, and, and, and so this is an opportunity to document the language and, and sort of like bring indigenous artists to the forefront. And so yeah, and I, and I wanted to, uh, so this is, uh, I wanted this track to represent I for us, which is sort of indigenous heritage, um, which I think is, is um, obviously it's intrinsic to Latinx identity. You know, you cannot have Latinx identity without the indigenous people that were here, you know, when colonialism happened. Um, and are here. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Oof, that, that too. I misspoke severely there. And yes, are very, well. and are very much still here. Um, but um, yeah, and, and again, uh, this Centauros EP was one of two uh, EPs that dropped last year uh, that I thought were really, really fantastic. There's one called, um, uh, well, there's one by Lagartigiando that I loved, uh, and it's called Re uh, Revisión. Um, and he, uh, this is, uh, Lagartigiando is an Argentine producer, Mati Sundel, and he teamed up with, um, uh, again, please bear with me, uh, Coro Com Chelalpi, and I believe this is a, a sort of a, a, a music, an ensemble from Peru, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's this, you know, there's this moment of like, um, sort of indigenous visibility in media um, that's, that's having a major resurgence. Um, you know, I always worry about things being fashionable, uh, like we talked about with uh, Afro-Latino identity. Um, and you know, that's serious because like, you know, like we were talking about with, um, you know, things like Lido Pimienta has talked about with her music, who is, and she, who is, like, also, like, has, like, indigenous heritage, um, or just, you know, is, is herself indigenous. Um, if something becomes fashionable, then it can become commodified, yes. and that's a problem. Yes. Ex extremely problematic if you're talking about things that, um, you know, um, indigenous artists are doing. So, that that's a really good point. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, I think it's important. And, and even before we started recording, when we were sort of uh, going through the through through our outline here, um, you know, we were talking about how like many indigenous artists do not identify as Latinx artists, and and that is something very important uh, to remember. Like you know, like Latinx identity does not exist without indigenous people, but it doesn't work the, but the same way around. Indigenous people exist without Latinx identity. <laughs> Bingo. Um, so, so, you know, they're included here because of their impact, obviously, um, and because they, you know, they do live in Latin America. Um, and because lots but, of people are, um, you know, today there are, you know, there are living indigenous cultures and living indigenous people. Who, absolutely. They influence the culture of, you know, the countries that they live in, um, even though it's like it's their land. Um, and then, you know. Additionally, you know, lots of people um, have both, um, you know, you know, have, are, have mixed heritage. They're Latinx and indigenous, Yes. you know, um, things like that. So that's, I think, another important reason why you can't, it's very difficult to separate the two. Absolutely. 
All right, well, um, moving right along, uh, we have Jay coming up, and uh, we're, we have uh, Juana Molina. Um, I, you know, we had some good Jays, but I was like, Juana Molina is a personal queen of mine, and I... I, I mean, we gotta. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still sort of shook from having seen her, I think it was like two, three years ago at Le Poisson Rouge in New York. I'm, no, it was two years ago because um, uh, her latest album, Halo, had already dropped, and I believe she's working on new music already. Um, oh, right. Yeah. No, I saw her um, for the first time last year. Oh, at like Brooklyn and, Bowl, right? Yeah, with Amanda, and it was such a special experience. She's just, she's a sound witch. Yeah. Yep. She's magical. Um, my friend Maggio was at uh, the Ableton Loop in in L.A. earlier. Well, uh, some sometime in the fall in 2018, and um, and uh, she was one of the performers because it was like you know sort of like what she does is 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 again it's it's musical trickery. It's just it's just so many loops that are like built onto each other, um, and 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 again quite uh, hypnotic. And he said like. There was some issue with their equipment. It was either like maybe not brought in, like maybe the the the, the airline lost it or something like that. But they basically didn't have their proper equipment. Um, oh no, that it was. Here's the thing: they didn't know that they were performing. Apparently, the the schedule got mixed mixed up, and they had no idea. So she was only able to bring one of her band members along. So it was just like it was a more stripped down thing. And he was like, it was still unbelievable. <laughs> like, um, wow. the the things that she and like and like her musical director are able to do with just the most minimal because uh, it, it's it's more about energy it's more about it, it's 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 very trans like it's very spiritual it's in about a way. the spell that she weaves yeah yeah so for me um undia is like the album by her that like you have to hear that is the seminal mm. album start with that but um we both loved halo richard found it especially moving yes um so there's that. Yeah, uh, 2017, I think, was very yep. difficult. And uh, yeah, uh, that's when Halo dropped, and that that album helped me get through a lot of shit. So Juana, Juana Molina, I love you. I think she should be headlining Normal this year, if you ask me, but no, you're not asking me, so whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, let's <laughs> let's move it right along to K. Um, so um, I have a couple of well, I have a, we had a, a lot of contenders here, a lot of really good contenders in, in K. We had Caliucci's, we had Cumbia Queers, Calimuza. Um, but I, I wanted to focus on Caliucci's, who, ha in my opinion, had one of the best albums of last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really feature her, so <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but but I anyway. did hear Isolation was excellent, so. It um, was. It is. Did you listen to it? I did not. I just heard Richard, it. Richard, listen excellent. to Isolation. Sure. For Pete's sake. <laughs> I just, I, I'll listen to it when I want to go to sleep. I just find her so dull. Um, it's not. No. It's, anyway. She's dull. Anyway, but I... I, uh, I Carol Conca, there's no argument about that. She she's is not, not dull. dull. <laughs> she is dynamite. Yeah. Carol Conca is dynamite. That is the right word. Jesus. Um, and yeah, I mean, she is one of the top like rappers in Brazil, um, but she's also kind of a pop star. Her videos are outlandish and outrageous and so good. She dropped an album uh, right at the end of last year. Um, and she even just recently dropped um, uh, a video for her single Vogue Dogeto. Um, and it's basically just like, you know, 
people from like Brazil's ballroom scene just going ham uh, for three oh, and a man. half minutes. I need to see that. It's really good. Um, and of course, um, the looks and the outfits. I mean, she is a style fucking icon, and she works a lot with Boss and Drama, who is a, a great, great, great Brazilian producer who also works with um, uh, with Linda Quebrada. Um, and he's actually a personal friend. I, I, I love Boston drama. Pericles is really fun. Um, and he did this, um, this vid- he did this remix of Ariana Grande's um, uh, Thank You Next that like uh, kind of became a sensation on our social media, on our Insta. Um, so Amazing. I highly recommend uh, you check his workout. But again, Karol Konka spits flames. The beats are nuts. Um, and again, her videos, which she actually does a lot of with Konzilla, which is also another K item, um, you know, uh, you know, are on another fucking level. And again, I want to take this opportunity to also highlight Konzilla, just because like they are. If you go on their YouTube, it's first of all, it's the it's the number one YouTube channel in Brazil. Uh, this is Konzilla, like Godzilla, but with a K. Um, and um, again, all of their videos are like high production. They often debut tracks. They're also a label, um, and it's mostly like baile funk and rap and electronic stuff and like pop and like they work with everybody. Like all of their videos have millions and millions of plays. So I, I highly recommend that you check it out. And again, this was I wanted to take this as an opportunity to highlight Brazil because I feel like Brazil is often overlooked uh, in terms of Latin anything just because there's a there's a language barrier um, even though it's huge it's, it's huge. the elephant on the continent yeah like I, I, I said something about uh, Thalia a few weeks ago on on Facebook and somebody was like um, you know nobody knows who that is and I was like uh, you mean in the US and 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 it was like Sokyo and like in the U.S. plenty of people know who who Talia is, but um but and it was like Sokyo who was like yeah you should probably count about two hundred million people who know who she is and I was like actually she's massive in Brazil, um and so I was like I would double that and maybe even triple it, but um yeah. I mean she had one of the biggest songs of last year you know but the, again the the point remains like Brazil is just so, it it is a unique universe I am very lucky to have spent a week there. Um, a few years ago, and now that I'm going to be living uh, in in South America later this year, I expect to go to Brazil a lot. I am trying to be the bad bitch of Brazil. I want to know everybody. I want to like dig it all up. I want the world to know what Brazil is about, because Brazil is tea, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, anything to add, or shall we move along to L? No, I've I've got nothing else to add. But and I'm and I'm excited for. I'm excited for L because this is a topic that actually has come up in conversation with me a lot lately. Oh, really? Cool. Well, so yeah, so I, you know, I didn't only want to like focus on like artists. I did want to like sort of uh, explore wider concepts. And I think there's a, there's uh, a, you know, there's a disconnect between the words Latinx um, or at least the identities of Latinx and Latin uh, versus Latin America or Latin American. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about that. I mean, we had some great contenders here for for L. Like we had like Lido Pimienta and La Vida Bohème, LAMC, Lineker, um, Natalia Lafourcade. But but yeah, but I really wanted to sort of like you know chew on this for a bit. Um, you know, because like I think there, it, there's been of course uh, uh, you know some recoil to the word Latinx um, from a lot of people. Indeed, me among those people. Um, you know, and I think and yet it seems like it's here to stay. Indeed. And well, and actually it doesn't bother me as much anymore when I realize that it is, you know, describing something different. You know, Latinx is mostly a U.S. 
Latino identity versus Latin America or Latin American identity, which is a bit different. Um, that's true. And that's the um, that's the controversy where a lot of people are saying, like, this is something that's being imposed on Latin America. Yes, from, I'm one of those people. You know, by Latinx people in the U.S. But here's an interesting fact or something I heard from the brilliant, uh, redoubtable uh, Isabella Herrera. The first time um, I was talking to her recently for an interview. Yeah, I interviewed her again. And so this is for, this is Vermeskla's music editor, who's also our boss. And, Hi, who, and who also guested on the show. She was one of our first guests. So uh, go check it out. It's Song Megaton Intenso. <laughs> yeah, she gave us the whole story on Pereo, Neo Pereo, Reggaeton. It was brilliant. Um, and so, you know, this brilliant woman uh, brought up the point or the thing that she knew is that she, the first time she heard the term, she was introduced to it by a linguist who was from Latin America. Mm -hmm. um, she believes the term actually originated in Latin America, and while it may have caught on in the U.S., it's not necessarily something that's being imposed solely by, you know, uh, Western hegemonic powers, etc. I mean, that's cool, I mean, as a root, but today it, it feels very much, uh, it feels colonial in a way, and that bothers me. It's it's a, a it's, and yet it isn't so it, it complicates things you know. Well, I mean, it's Latinos in the U.S. telling people Latinos in the U.S. who often you know haven't lived most of their life in Spanish, you know, telling people in Latin America how they should identify, how they should speak, and again, that feels very colonial. It feels disjointed. Um, it's definitely problematic. This it, is true. So I take I take issue with that. I, again, I I understand the the I, what I do like about the word Latinx. Um, is that it's jarring, um, and it forces people to acknowledge, like, by acknowledging that word, you have to acknowledge people that are gender nonconforming, people that are trans, you know, and that I really like, because it's just like, you know, erasure is a thing, and this is very much a tool for, you know, dismantling that. Um, so I, I do like that, and I do understand that, and that's why, like, I, but I use them interchangeably. Is sort of the is is sort of the compromise that I've that I've that I've reached. I've, it depends very much on the subject if I'm going to use Latinx or if I'm going to say Latino, you know, um, and 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 I feel like that's my prerogative, um, and I think it's everybody else's, you know, um, but yeah, I, except it, for me, I, I really need to do what I'm told, but and sometimes fair. I'm not sure who to listen to, fair, but you know, it's. Uh, that's it's also complicated, so I just keep learning. Yeah, I'm not because I I definitely am not like uh, it's stupid. I, it's more like you know because I mean whatever language is a living document, it evolves. I'm not one of those people. It's like um blah blah blah, you know. Um, but it, it's just like I I I again I tend to have an issue with the self righteousness that accompanies the word. I tend to have an issue with like this sort of general hive mind. Again, we've we've talked about like how I hate the world now. Um, so whatever. So it, that that's the issue that I tend to have with it. But again, once when it was pointed out to me that those that are, they're two different identities, um, I was like, oh, oh, Which is fair. okay. I was like, now I can sort of. Uh, you know, I, uh, I forget what the word is, but like I, I'm like I can I can live with that. You know, I can I, I can live with this sort of mini compromise. And there's people in Latin America that identify as Latinx. But something that I've learned in Mexico, for example, like when people talk about like like you know, let's talk about like you know 
Denver. Let's talk about uh, Denver, right? Like, if you talk about a rock band, they're not identified as Latin music. They're a rock band, you know? Mm -hmm. So when people here say, like, oh, yeah, like, with all those Latin rhythms, and I'm like, I, I hear that a lot here in Mexico, and I'm like, huh? They're talking more about, like, tropical stuff or more traditional sounds, uh, which is it, it's just sort of another layer on that identity onion, which is so interesting because, like, everybody here is Latino, Latin American, da 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 but... It, it, you know, Indeed. there's different meanings in different places. So, um, I mean, Alex Ambantar has the word Latinx tattooed on his forearm. So, you know, it's just like it, you know, and, but then he's out here being like, you're denying my Latinoamericanness. And I'm like, okay, girl, um, go ahead and read the interview. I have plenty of bile. Um, Moving on. <laughs> I really like your pick for M. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I, I felt it was really important um, to highlight women. So we're talking about mujeres. Um, again, it's just like mujeres have been, again, at the forefront of Latin indie. Uh, you know, some of the most influential artists in, in the scene are women. Uh, women that we've already name-checked, like Juana Molina, you know, Javier Amena, Lido Pimienta. Um, and then, you know, others that are, you know, just sort of founding mothers, you know, Rita Indiana. Hello. Oof. Dominican queen. Dominican queen, you know, and even like, you know, younger queens like Mula. Um, and, indeed, and, indeed. I, and I really, and like, you know, again, working end of year content in 2018, it was very apparent that women had some of the best albums of the year. Rosalia, you know, easily had one of the most, you know, um, one of the banner albums of the year. Um, Empress of, Caliucci, the list goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, and, and so, yeah, I, I wanted to like, acknowledge that um and i and i also wanted to like acknowledge for example like that there continue to be no women on festival lineups like it is out fucking rageous uh, there's um the the tecate pal norte which is one of the biggest music festivals in mexico unveiled their lineup like a month or two ago and it's like i don't know 60 acts and five women it's just outrageous um and then they have like a little splinter smaller one that has like 30 acts on it and there was literally one female act and one that was gender diverse um, and that was it. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, why? How is Bummer. this still happening? And it's also, just... like, how? It's Okay, it's 2019. This needs to stop. Indeed. And, again, we gave Ruido Fest a good old dragging last year for, you know, the shenanigans that they pulled, where it was basically, like, no women. And they tried to be like, well, you know, it's just, like, there's no women that really fit in our, like, you know, um, curatorial purview or whatever. And I'm like, are you, get the fuck out of here. You know. I mean, the only defense there is that, like, a lot of women have already played. Cool. Uh, it's, but, you know, yeah. Café Tacuba has already back. played, like, three times. <laughs> fair. Fair. So, uh, and I'm not sure that they've had Julieta Venegas, so they need to get on that. Uh, they have. I love they how have. we talk like we're listening, like like they're listening, and they're going to do what we say. <laughs> they might. You never know, girl. We have a lot of listeners in Chicago. Ha shout out to the Chicago fam. Hey. Yeah, tell them. Get them on the phone. Anyway, um, I, let's move on to N. No, uh, before before we move on, I also want to acknowledge, uh, we already I already mentioned uh, earlier that Normal had like a 50-50 ratio last year, but I also want to acknowledge Primavera Sound, who this year have uh, actually mostly, uh, I, it's a majority of women artists uh, on their lineup, and it's it's really, really exciting to see that. Uh, that's why they like uh, their whole campaign, their whole promotional campaign was the new normal. You know, they're like, 
this bullshit is over. You know, it has to be over. Um, and it like it's the best lineup I've seen of any festival in years. I'm like, I would die. It's you know, like it's. Who are I, the headliners? Well, it's like. I, I don't remember the big, big names, but, like, there's Ivy Queen, Robin, Charlie XCX, uh, right. I think Empress of, I think Kali Uchis. Oh, like, a lot of, like, huge names. And it's just, like... They're always it, so perfect. And then, the very sound is the best. I have to go someday. And they also have, like, a ton of tra- visibly trans artists. Like, uh, Linda Quebrada is playing. Uh, Sophie is playing. Um, Sophie, again, also had one of the best albums love of last year. So, I don't know. It just good. You know, just, like, let's stop pretending, like, there's no women out here making music. I'm, I'm tired of that charade. <laughs> um, N. All right. I think N was pretty clear. I think that was an obvious choice for us. It had to be. Yeah. yeah. Even though you're not necessarily hugely a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm learning to dig it. I'm learning to like it. You know. Neo Pareo. Yeah. Uh, reggaeton was the big story of this year, but for a long time, um, people with their like indie underground weirdo take on reggaeton have been making waves and i think of it as sort of like a corollary to uh digital cumbia where it's Uh like okay uh i've totally you know fresh um like underground subgenre and i'm into it I like, um, I think Tomasa Del Real would be, I think, probably the most important artist to shout out for that. For sure. Um, uh, but also, like, out. Miss Nina an and Talisto. Because uh, it's sure. it's kind of a Chilean movement, isn't it? I mean, obviously, like, there's people like Sailor Fag and, and Miss Nina who've, who've come along. But, like, I feel like all of the major neoperreo artists are from Chile, no? Like, Yeah, I think that that is, that is a big thing, yeah. But also in the U.S., there's Laguni Chonga. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, you know, there's, um, there's oh, and this girl from Paraguay, uh, Misil. Misil is awesome. Love her. And then uh, there's also Spain, but, like, let's not discuss that. Whoops! <laughs> um, and uh, so we're going to jump into O. Um, I, you know, we, uh, Onda Tropica, again, uh, you know, talking about... O is for Onda Tropica. F- talking about foundational. I mean, this album... Uh, came out a few years ago. Um, it was uh, it was basically Quantic um, going into Colombia and just immersing himself for like two years and just like working with like you know pioneers of of all these different genres. Like he was working with like salseros and champeta uh, musicians and like I believe there's a, over 80 mu- featured musicians on that album. Um, and um, and I, I, he recently brought it back. He like was touring with Onda Tropica. Um, I have heard some withering reviews of mm. of Quantic basically trying to play uh, cumbia and like accordion. They're like it just it just a British man should not be playing that stuff. Um, you know, they're like it just doesn't sound right. There's the the, the improv- improvisation is not there. The sort of sabrosura is lacking. Um, Yikes! But but you know what? You kind of have to respect his his passion and. Um, you know, how much of the scene he's become. Yeah. You know, so there's there's that. Well, and he's working with so many people. I mean, like, I saw him perform and uh, I saw him do a DJ set in New York with uh, with Nicola Cruz, which, I mean, was a snore, to be honest. But um, but he's also been producing um, Femi Na's new album, which I'm actually really excited about. Um, okay, that's exciting. Yeah, because I really, really like Femi Na. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, Quantic is a, is a bit of a... A polarizing figure, um, but Onda Tropica is a phenomenal album. I highly recommend it to 
polarizing yet unavoidable. <laughs> um, so, okay, so we're gonna take a little song break. Uh, we're gonna go back to Mujeres just for a second. Uh, we're gonna play a track called Mujeres, and this is by uh, Portland-based artist Ila Bamba. Um, do you, I, I don't know very much about Ila Bamba. I, I, I kind of mentioned that this track came my way sort of just like, uh, I think it was a listener who was like, hey, you should check this out. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Um, she's been around for a long time. Uh, the band is named after her cat. Uh, um, she has Mexican heritage and that's, that's what there is about Ilabamba. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, the song is phenomenal. Again, it was, it was very, I was very sad to not be able to feature it last year. So I'm really excited. I got to play it here. Um, and then when we come back, uh, we're going to dive into P, which I definitely have words about that letter. Um, so again, this is Ilabamba. The song is Mujeres and we'll be right back.
So, and we're back. Um, and uh, so we listened to Ilabamba, and the track was Mujeres. And then the second track was Tren al Sur by Los Prisioneros. This is, Tren al Sur is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs. And uh, Los Prisioneros are a classic, classic Chilean band. Um, and often credited, um, and in many ways uh, um, maligned, for basically being the, the, the genesis of Latin indie in Chile. Um, they were very politically minded, they were very subversive, and very experimental musically. Um, and a lot and, of... And um, as Alex Ann Wanter uh, told me when I talked to him for Rolling Stone recently, uh, he they were punished for their political mindedness. Absolutely. You know, they were very much repressed, and they're part of a long-standing... You know, they really carried on that tradition of, like, very political music as resistance in Chile through the Pinochet era. Absolutely. And sort of kept that flame alive, well, even and, though they suffered for it. And a lot of indie artists these days uh, are a bit resentful uh, to Los Prisioneros because in many ways, like, you know, artists like Javier Amena and Hep and Alex Ambanter, um, you know, are very much a direct product of, of Los, Los Prisioneros' influence. And so a lot of, of the current generation of, of, of emerging musicians in Chile are very much... Um, they're they're very much like that was cool, but we don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to be in the shadow of Los Prisioneros forever. So it, there's a, there's this sort of um, this 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 pull and give of 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 the indie scene in in Chile. Where like again, they're not saying that Los Prisioneros are not a good band, but it's just like so many people are like this only exists because of Los Prisioneros, and we want to transcend that. Um, but but again. When I we're... think that they've done a pretty good job of like, you know, I think in Chile, you feel like you could, you, you could feel like you're in Los Prisioneros shadow, but then if you <laughs> listen to the music from outside, it's, you know, um, it looks and, and sounds different, you know? I completely agree with that. And yeah, I mean, Chileans often sound like fucking like philosophy students. They like, just want to like, you know, rage against the world. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, guys, just let's chill. But, um, but again, the, the foundational influence of Los Prisioneros cannot be denied. Um, and uh, continuing on, the, on, on Chile, uh, Quema Su Cabeza, again, yet another Q. incredible, incredible, incredibly important. Uh, Q is for Quema Su Cabeza. <laughs> it sounds like we sound like a, like a Sesame Street like moment, like Q is for Quema Su Cabeza. Wah! I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, again, one of the most important labels uh, in, in Chile. They've been around for 20 years now. They recently celebrated their 20th anniversary. I mean, these are the labels that, like, um, Jepe is on, Vaya Futuro is actually on there, Niños del Cerro. They have tremendous, a tremendous, I believe, um, Diosque from Argentina is also on there. It, they have a tremendous roster of artists. Um, but we're going to, we're, we're splitting Q because we also wanted to feature uh, queer youth and, and just, just queer people in general queer and trans people in general are like have such an impact also in Chile because Alex Amantar is queer Javier Amena is queer Entropica Namuel me llamo Sebastián like there's so many queer musicians in Chile um, and obviously all over but I just like I, I feel like Chile has such a major spike on the on the queer and trans spectrum um and yeah, I don't know. wherever you find people pushing culture forward, I think you're going to find the queers. Hello. Um, Oof, you shout out talk to about important uh, tropi punk band Cumbia Queers. That's with a K. Yes. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I picked out the song for this um, because I so I asked Richard what the gayest um, Latin indie song was. 
And um, I suggested Javier Mena's Espada. Yes. And uh, I, I think we can both agree this is probably the gayest Latin indie song. So we decided to play that. I'm, I'm very excited to, to, to play it. So we're going to listen to that now. Again, this is Javier Mena. Uh, the track is Espada. Uh, and we'll be right back with more um, letters. <laughs>
We just heard the second track that we just heard was Rey de Reyes by Maria Jose, a personal favorite of mine. Um, and Maria Jose is one of the top names from the Ruidoson movement. Uh, this is for the letter R. Uh, and Ruidoson was born in Tijuana. It was just like this crazy experimental. Uh, electronic scene. Um, you might remember our episode with Santos, who is also one of the the, the big uh, uh, Son precursors. Also, Los Macuanos, 714. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I love Maria Jose. Tony Gallardo is a very, very good friend of mine. Um, and Rey de Reyes is off uh, the album Club Negro, which again, it's it's one of those like sort of like most important albums in, in Latin indie. That's like, a seminal album. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Everybody run to your Spotify or even better, your iTunes and purchase it. Um, you know, Club Negro by Maria Jose. Just like, it's banger on banger on banger on banger. Um, and the song we heard was Rey de Reyes? Rey de Reyes, yeah, which is about, uh, it's about sort of like a narco king. Um, and that's what was so cool about Ruido Son because it was basically like, they were like, well, we live in Mexico and there's like, you know, cumbia and reggaeton and like all these sort of like Latin rhythms like that we live around, but we're also like, you know, production nerds and we want to use noise and punk and shit like that. So they basically like collided all that together and then we're also very political and sort of talking about you know the the, the drug war the border existence you know border identity um you know like los macuanos have this great song that it's just a chorus and it's you know sangre bandera cruz blood flag cross and it's just like that that is such a powerful statement on just mexican identity it's just like we're blood we're politics we're catholic and it's just like whoa um so yeah ruido son and, you know, and yeah, and speaking of Macuanos, I do really love their most recent album, Ruido Son. It's, it started around like, I think 2000 and 
Nine? Don't get me to lion. I wouldn't know. I I, I don't actually know. I, I would have anyway, to, I, I would have to it's, dig. It's a thing that's been around for a while now, but it's not over. It's still here. Yeah. I mean, really, we the, love the, the only ones that are still making proper ruido son are Santos and um, and Siete Catorce. Tony Gallardo is kind of like in a weird trip now, and Macuanos are pretty disbanded at this point. Um, okay, but that album ruled. It was a very and good, it, very... And what was it? 2017? It wasn't long ago. Yeah, uh, I think Yeah, I think it might have been 2017 or 2016, because I, I wrote about it for Remezcla, but it was like... It, it, I really had to plunge into the depths of, of depression to, to, to articulate how that uh, article, yeah. made, that, that album made me feel. It's a very intense album. Highly recommended. Uh, and again, also like Agonia by... Haunting, by, people. It's haunting. Agonia by, by Santos. A phenomenal album. I highly recommend it as well. Also, Santos is a very undersung member of the scene. Yes, absolutely. So much. As I'm, and it, actually, our, my interview with him is one of our most played episodes, which I don't understand why. But it's I'm well, so that's happy. Gratifying. I'm so happy. Um, well, let's move it along uh, to S. Uh, I felt this very, was this was your selection, but I'm I'm here for it. I felt very strongly about S. S is support, support indie, support local, support brown podcasts, all different. I was going to vote for Selena or Sistema Solar, but you're right, you're right, Richard. This is important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I feel like I harp on this a lot. It's just like you know. Indie musicians cannot exist and survive if you do not show up for them and buy a ticket or buy a T-shirt or even just buy drinks. And that way, like, the bar is happy and and will book them again. You know, it's just like... And it's so important because there isn't... There's still, like, you know, a lot of the industries for, like, music in Latin American countries are still growing. You know, if the artist can come here and play in um, the U.S., Go see them. Don't stay Absolutely. in your apartment. Yeah. And, and again, like the support local, it, it's the same thing. You know, it's just like, you know, you, you, we have Selena in this, in this, in this um, category. And I'm like, look, Selena has been dead for 20 years. She doesn't need your money. And neither does the Quintanilla family. Like, they got Mac contracts. Support your local dusty ass band. <laughs> like, they need to eat. Selena's good, and so is her family. You know, like, support local, guys. Um, And, of course, support Brown Podcasts, which is how we kind of, like, fell into this this podcasting fam with, again, Latinos Who Lunch and Radio Menea, you know, people that we love and people that have been super cool and supportive. So, um, yeah, support, support, support. Support each other, babies. Um, let's keep it moving because uh, this shit is getting long. Uh, we have T up next, and this is your selection, Bev. I'm actually really happy that you that you brought it in. Oh yeah, because like you know, as we've talked about a lot, you know, it's really important to always remember Brazil. Um, Tropicalia is a genre of music, you know, in this from the '60s and the '70s. So of course, this is another genre of music that like, you know, survived and is like sort of partly defined by you know like the repression of the 1970s in Brazil, but, you know, artists like Os Mutantes, um, you know, Tropicalia artists have been like hugely influential on, um, you know, not just Brazilian music, not just music in Latin America, but Mm -hmm. like the whole world. Um, It was this awesome, unique uh, Brazilian psychedelic sound. And I don't know. The other day, I, I was I was listening to songs for this, and I picked um, Bat Macumba because that's their jam. But you know, um, 
they're just they like they basically invented indie rock as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, they're everything. And we saw them once and it was incredible. Oh, were you there? Oh, that's right. You were. Cause yes. like, um, Carmen Barahona, who, uh, is, is, is a very cool acquaintance. She's from Chile, but she's kind of like, I, I think she's their road manager or something like that. Um, and yeah. And she like invited me and it was like fucking like, it was a fucking cool show. Like, I mean, to bear witness to like pioneers of a, of an entire movement is nuts, you know? Um, I'll never forget that night. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. And, and, um, you know, and, uh, it's, it's interesting because like I, I, I worked on an article about, uh, Brazilian music that unfortunately didn't come out, but like, um, something that was brought up that I thought was very interesting was that people still haven't gotten over Tropicalia. People still expect new artists to make Tropicalia in Brazil, which, which was, is very frustrating to a lot of emerging musicians. Mm. Um, so it is a part of the reason why psych is still a big deal down there. So like your Bugarins and bike, you know, the, these are bands that are still big in psych, but, um, yeah, like I, a lot of artists seem frustrated with the fact that there's this sort of cultural wall that they can't seem to go over. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. And, uh, since we're talking about Tropicalia, uh, might as well highlight the, the genre and the festival in California. Um, I actually really like, um, their, their curation, which is done, uh, it's golden voice, but it's, uh, Rene Contreras from, from, uh, Viva Presents, um, which Viva Music is excellent. Um, and yeah, I mean, th- th- that, that festival is doing wonderful things as well. I highly recommend that you guys check it out. Um, and that's the tea. That's the tea, <laughs> literally. See, see what I see what I did there. Ah, and actually, like that? Um, we're gonna have to take a quick musical break before wrapping up. Uh, we have uh, we're gonna play "Bat Macumba" by Os Mutanchis, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna wrap up this uh, you know ex- expedition of a show. All right. Bye. 
Yes, and um, mm, all right. So um, for the U, uh, we had uh, we had a couple of interesting contenders like Banda Uo or um, Ulises Hajis, but we went ahead with Caliuchis, uh, which makes I perfect mean, sense. On. It makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, you were living for her this year, no? Oh yeah, and you know, um, she's just she's so inspirational to so many um, you know Latinx American artists who. You know, they're like, I can do this, you know, I can be, um, you know, I can be like an indie artist and I can be in the mainstream and I can be like visibly Latina in my own way. And it's, I think that she's just hugely important for like, one, making awesome music and like two, like opening doors that way, you know? Yes, I completely agree. Um, all right. Uh, Again, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep this one quick, but it was um, for V. I, I, I wanted to talk about value systems, um, sort of how, like, you know, we continue. Actually, it was, it was uh, Isabella Herrera. Uh, she wrote, I believe it was a, an essay for Slate, I want to say. Uh, where she, yeah, I read that. And it was, it was very interesting because it, it, she said something that, was, that should be obvious and, and we continue to ignore. And it's just the fact that, like, we cannot measure Latinx artists or Latin American artists under the same uh, metrics as, like, you know, a regular gringo artist because like again like you know it's it's the reason why like you know media in like latin america almost <laughs> exclusively covers like well, music media i mean covers like you know bands from like europe and the u.s and not so much latin american content it's because like there is something that is already there's a system that is already in place that is that was created by u.s media and so like we just feel the need to like appeal to it and so it doesn't necessary it doesn't it's not an equal playing ground for for musicians that are not from the u.s or europe and you know that can like sort of like hamper um the optics of that can hamper the way even people make music like yeah. you know we were talking earlier about like you know um artists like alex and wanter and hepe trying to get away from you know the the gaze of the north yeah when um you know they're like they're not even in that country they're far away but you know they're in their own country and it's it's difficult and then it's you know doubly difficult for latinx artists in the u.s like but like i was just talking about like how it's great that like an artist like cali uchis can kind of like break the mold and get away from the expectations of what a latinx artist one can do sound like look like 
and you know where they are going to also like fit in in the landscape you know yeah absolutely i mean it's it's it i mean jay balvin was the most streamed artist of 2018 yet he's still kind of a niche figure in the u.s you know and like and he and which is such a strange thing about music now where you can have artists and like who are huge and a lot of people are still going to be like who yeah exactly and and i can understand that like oh language and da 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 and he's not from here i get it it's not like reggaeton is is only now becoming a thing in the us like through latinx population and then, that is a developing story for sure yeah but like but still like he is a ubiquitous figure worldwide and yet because we subscribe to mostly us media or like you know media with a us focused gaze like j balvin is still treated as a niche artist and again this is this 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 can be anyone this could you know be Shakira you know like she's still kind of like a niche artist in the U.S. and it's just like worldwide she's selling out stadiums and in the U.S. people are like yeah you know so it's it it so that's what my my point here is like you know let's keep in mind that like you know I, I don't know like BET or like Entertainment Tonight I they may not have the best sort of takes on things that are happening on a global scale. You know, they're focusing That's on, why you on listen US artists. to our podcast. We've Boom. got the key. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what. We are what. jamming that radio signal. <laughs> but yeah, it just, again, more than anything else, this, this rant is for me encouraging you all to uh, take it with a grain of salt. Like, you know, U.S. media isn't, is, is U.S. focused. Keep, just keep that in mind when, when consuming. All right, so let's move on to W. Um, again, another another category with some really great um, contenders. Uh, we had Los Waldners, we had the Wookies, uh, which, by the way, if you don't know the Wookies, get to know them. They're fucking incredible. <laughs> um, but of course, yeah, yeah. the 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 correct and obvious option here was Los Walters. Um, you know, duo from Puerto Rico, synth pop gods. I mean, you know, I get, I have. Who wet... are coming to New York soon, and I'm going to see them for the first time. I'm very excited. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, because one of them lives there now, and one of the, um, oh, God, Angel lives in Miami, and then the one that was living in Puerto Rico post, of course, Maria and all that jazz. Um, he, and th- but thankfully he has a job that like keeps him traveling. So he was like, you know what? It's just easier for me to move to New York than to be continue to be based out of Puerto Rico. Um, but yeah, he's, he's moved up there. So you can expect to see Los Walters performing uh, much more regularly now. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm a big, big fan. They're coming to Mexico. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, they're coming to Mexico at some point. I think it's like March or April. They're going to Festival Vaivin. Um, and it looks terrible. The festival, I'm not interested at all. Like the headliners are like the chain smokers and, you know, the, yeah. And like, uh, disclosure, which I would be into, but it's just like, I mean, yeah, I'd love to see disclosure. That would be great. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, but I'm not paying to go to that festival, but I'm hoping, wishing and praying that Los Walters will do, uh, a sideshow and maybe I can like interview them for the show. I don't know. Maybe I'm just dreaming out loud here. Um, It could happen. I love them so much. And they're like... They're both very attractive, but the one from Miami has the most beautiful eyes. <laughs> anyway, like, Richard, stop objectifying musicians. I just want to swim in the po- pools of blue of his eyes. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Los Walters make really great music. They do. <laughs> 
Um, yes, they're fabulous musicians. Check them out. I believe they have a new EP dropping probably in February or March. Uh, so look out for that. Um, and, and yeah, let's keep it moving uh, for X. Actually, I, I thought X would be difficult, but you know, it's pretty straightforward, I think. Um, I think it's a, you know, it's got to be a toss-up between uh, Senya Rubinos or Jimena Sarignana. And we went with Senya. I think Jimena Sarignana is so disposable. Like, she is so generic. I it, Like, it's just another little pop princess from Mexico. But, like, Senya Rubinos is out here. She is the real deal. Like... No, she is. You know, it's like... It's indie rock, but it's jazz, but it's soul, but it, like... It's just, it's so good. And like, and it's like Afro-Cuban rhythms because she herself is Cubana. Um, and yeah, I, I, have you, have you interviewed her? I, I, I've met her in passing, but I've never like worked with any of her stuff. I interviewed her briefly for a story that involved a lot of different artists. Okay. Um, I've never gotten to do like a full profile on her, which I, maybe someday. Yeah, I, for me, like, uh, what, what, uh, Black Terry Cat is just such a fabulous album. Um, and uh, Mexican Chef, to me, was a standout track from that, from that album. It was just... Yeah, we've, we've played tons of her music on the yeah. show. And um, I, yeah, I can't wait to see what she does next. I think that she's like a pillar of this music community right now. Definitely, yeah. Particularly Keep, in the U.S. And and she's doing and she's still doing cool stuff. Like I think she was working on a soundtrack recently. So definitely keep and keep your eye and ears uh, on Senor Rubinos. Um, okay, moving right along to why uh, we got La Yegros, uh, which is you know one of the top names over at at ZZK for sure. Um, you brought in La Yegros, right? Um, well, we're not playing a La Yegros song, but no, no, you know, but... I figured. I figured she was a good pick for why. For sure. You know, seeing as like uh, we're trying to keep the Mujeres in the show. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and she is important. She's actually very popular um, in Europe. Um, she's got some great tracks. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. In a lot of ways, she's been like an ambassador for the digital cumbia sound. Yeah, and I mean, and I think La Yegros plays perfectly with our Z, which of course is ZZK. Um, and again, you know, calling the, another callback there to like digital cumbia, you know, and ZZK obviously are have been instrumental in making this a global movement. I mean, um, just just uh, just this week, uh, there was a an, an article that came out on Bandcamp Daily, and it was a, sort of about this sort of. Um, uh, electronic folklore and and that has you know sprouted for from like south america and but has become a thing uh, on a global scale i mean the the zzk artists like chanchavia circuito and um uh el buo who's british by the way um uh god uh, why can't i think of anyone else for some reason oh uh, kalima like they're huge in europe they're very very popular in europe um uh, more so than in the u.s i'd, I'd even venture to say Oh, um, totally. And like, um, and one thing is like, to Europeans credit, I think their ears are just more open. And mm. unlike, you know, your standard, like white Americans, they tend to be a little more aware of other countries. Um, like America is just very isolationist and yeah. narrow minded about music. Um, and I now blame our music industry to some extent. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's important to know ZZK started as a, re um, not as a record label, but as a party in Argentina. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, and it 
it was a lot of it was fomented by um expat or immigrant depending on how you want to look at it uh grant duel who is i believe an american from texas Mm -hmm. he is an american i believe he's from texas nice guy um so that that makes everything complicated (laughs) oh well um we are going to play out uh the show with uh, a track by a zzk artist uh but before we do that there's a couple of things that i I just want to run by um you know first of all uh we have a new partnership with uh gold star events uh it's an online retailer uh, akin to like Ticketmaster, uh where you can you know buy buy tickets for you can get really good deals on gold star i'm not not even going to front i've used them before they even reached out to us um, and yeah, and basically you can use a promo code SONGMESS um, uh, th- now through February 1st, um, and you can get $10 off uh, any purchase uh, for tickets. So I, uh, again, this is valid through February 1st. Um, I highly uh, encourage you guys to, to check it out. Uh, Gold Star is pretty rad. I actually really do like um, the, their service. Um, I also want to give you guys, uh, well, not, not, I want to let you guys know that over the coming weeks, I, I will, I spent some time in Chihuahua, uh, you know, the, towards the end of the year and the beginning of January. So, uh, we have a couple of, uh, we have four episodes coming your way with uh, different bands, uh, from Chihuahua. So I'm really excited to share that with you all. Um, I want to shout out our latest episode, uh, which is, um, featuring, uh, Marco Sassan, uh, our writing colleague, uh, and Manitas Nerviosas, Valius Ortiz. Um, that is, I'm very, very proud of how that came out. And it's a really awesome, uh, history of, um, Mex- uh, of psychic psychedelic music in Mexico. So highly recommend that. And um, of course, I, uh, you know, want to let you guys know, uh, Beverly, where can people listen to Song Mess? Let's see. We're on iTunes, number one. We're still on SoundCloud. Ow. Um, Google Play. And Stitcher. Always Stitcher. and forever. <laughs> come on, come through um, Android users. <laughs> and um, if you want to email us, we are um, songmessmusic at gmail.com. Yes. Seriously, email us. Send us suggestions, hate mail, whatever. Nudes. Um, and um, we are on Facebook, Instagram. Richard's always on Instagram. And, and Twitter. Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, like, our Twitter our Twitter following has been doing okay. We've been getting them retweets. Hi. Nice. Um, yeah, and, and again, most important of all, just please keep talking to us. Keep, like, this dialogue... Uh, is awesome. I love hearing from you guys. I love it when you guys comment or make a suggestion. Like again, like this Ila Bamba track that we played earlier. You know, like it, it was a, it was a listener submitted uh, uh, track. Yeah, I recently interviewed Valentina Blue and Fernando Fanete. Um, again, Valentina Blue is an artist that I found out about because like listeners submitted her. Um, so again, like dialogue, you know, gets us places. Um, so please keep talking to us. I love, love, love hearing from you guys. Um, and yes, of course, I want to encourage you to, uh, if you want to support uh, Song Mess, uh, you can always leave us a review, five stars only. Please make sure that you're subscribed and sharing. Um, you know, like we are trying to keep a more bilingual for, uh, um, format. I'm actually really excited because this is the first time that Beverly and I record uh, from a distance. Um, and yes. 
and I think it's come out pretty cool. Like I think we've, yeah, I think yeah, we nailed no, I'm it. excited to do this again. Yeah. So I think we're going to be doing more bilingual content, which is exciting because like, you know, I, I really do want to like reach as many people as possible with our content. Um, and of course, if you want to support song mess financially, I encourage you to go to uh, our little online store, songmess.threadless.com. Uh, and again, we have t-shirts, uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, cups, books, blah, blah, blah. Help us sell out. Help us become the next daddy Yankee. Um, and, um, you know, I'm putting links to all this jazz in the show notes. So again, you'll find it all there. Um, and of course our bops playlist, which is updated weekly, uh, every Friday. So look for that. Make sure again that you're following it. Uh, I think you guys will get a kick out of that. Um, so we have one more song, uh, before signing out. Uh, and again, it, it's perfect that we're closing out with a ZZK and digital cumbia and all that jazz, because this is really one of the seminal songs of this genre. Uh, which is uh, Chancha Via Circuitos Jardines. I think, is this the version featuring that... Featuring Lido Pimienta. Featuring Lido Pimienta. So, so fucking cool. Um, uh, do you have anything to, to add to that? Uh, uh, just that, like, um, the song is off the album Amansara. Um, I became obsessed with him um, when uh, the album Rio Arriba came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Um, amazing producer from Argentina, if you're not familiar, even though I'm sure most of our listeners are. Yeah. And, um, you know, he had another album this year, Ilalo. No, Buenaventuranza. Uh, Ilalo Buena was Ven- a single. Yeah, Ilalo was the single, yeah. And um, that was also great. It was fantastic. And, um, and uh, the first time I saw him was at Normal, where I met Richard. So it and... all comes full circle. I still, so I still remember that very clearly that, that his performance, just because like, I remember watching and, and he even had a disclaimer at the beginning of the set. He was like, it's going to start slow. Bear with me. In about 20 minutes, y'all are going to be twerking. And I mean, it was like a prophecy. He was not wrong. And I just remember him like every so often he would go into the mic and go, Cumbia! and that is He's one so of my amazing. favorite things I've ever seen live. <laughs> Um, so yeah so we're gonna sign out with that again this is Chancha Via Circuito featuring Lido Pimienta the track is called Jardines thank you so much for listening I'm Richard Villegas and my co-host is Beverly Brian and I miss you I miss you too I I can't wait to see you come visit Um, and and again to any friends or listeners out there come through to Mexico City hit me up let's kiki I'm I'm a good time y'all I promise I am Um, alright well this is Song Mess thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time Bye. Estrofa 1.